We all like being slaves. We like slavery. I'll represent the parable and show you what I mean by that. In this parable that we have heard many times before, this master comes to three of his slaves and he's going away for a long time and it says he entrusts to them his property. What master would entrust his property to slaves? You entrust your property to your heir, your children, to family members, to a trusted friend. You don't entrust your property to slaves. But this master goes to his slaves and entrusts them with his property. How does he do that? By giving them talents. What is a talent? One talent was basically equivalent to 16 years of salary. That's the amount that he's giving. So when he gives five talents, it's five times 16. I'm not doing math on a Sunday morning. You can figure it out yourself. To another, he gives two times 16, 32 years worth of salary. And to one, 16 years of salary. And the word that he uses to give to them, the word is he hands over. I think when we hear hand over, it's letting go of the need to know what the outcome is. He just willingly gives over these talents, this huge sum of money, his entire property, over to his slaves. And then he doesn't tell them, he doesn't make any demands of them. He just goes away. But then when he comes back, he asks back for what belongs to him. And then we know what happens. What happens is two of them, the one with five and the one with two, they took it and they went, look how generous my master is. Look how much he trusts me. Look how much he loves me. I want to show him love in return. So what can I do? How can I show him love in return? Well, I'll give him back in kind what he has given to me. And so I'll find a way to give back equally what he's given to me. And so when the master comes back, they're commended for doing that. They're commended for their love and their devotion to the master. The one who had one talent went, what if he gets angry that I didn't do what I was supposed to do? What if I lose what he gave me? What if I don't do what's right? And out of his fear, he buries it in the ground so that it won't go anywhere and it won't do anything and when the master comes back and says, where's what's mine? He goes, well, I know that you're not a good man, that you're kind of harsh, and I didn't want to face your punishment. So because I didn't want to face your punishment, I just kind of buried it so that I could give back what you gave me, and then we're good, we're square, we're even. He lived out of fear. He loved his slavery. Not that he loved being a slave, but it was more preferable for him to stay in this slavery where he was forced into obedience from the master rather than to recognize what the master was trying to do for him and to change. The other two recognized the love of the master and they returned that love. Slaves don't love their master, but in this case they do. But the last one wanted to stay you are a harsh master. If I don't obey what you say, I will face punishment. 
That's not what the master did. We like slavery. Why? Because we prefer where we're at than growing to where our master wants us to be. We struggle to be like the first two slaves who recognize the love and the devotion and the trust of the master and give back in kind, and instead we far too often tend to the last slave who go, the punishment is great, and so because the punishment is great, I'll just try not to be bad, but I won't try to be good either. There's a, I don't often remember exactly what people say, especially when you're being in a conference and long discussions, but I will re- always remember this priest that gave us a conference a few years ago who's also a psychologist, and this is what he said. He said, when people come to see you, you cannot presume that they're actually looking for healing or they're actually looking to change because most of us prefer the pain of what we're living rather than face the pain that is needed to change. Most of us prefer the pain of whatever choices we've made or whatever way we think or whatever way we're accustomed to doing things or whatever burden we have in our life. We prefer that pain, even though we don't like it, we prefer it to the pain that it will take to grow, to change, to repent. That's why we like slavery. Not because it's a happy place to be, but it's harder to move out of it. It's kind of like we heard in our opening hymn, Refiner's Fire, the idea of metals, precious metals being refined. What has to happen for the impurity to come out of the metal? It needs to be steeped in deep heat, and only in that intense heat do the impure pieces of metal mixed in with the precious metal come out, and it's purified and made whole. God is constantly drawing us towards him through that trust of the master, because he wants to draw us out of that slavery. God doesn't want us to see us as slaves in our life, but we know that it happens. Now, you might tell me, well, Father, I'm not a slave. I, get, I can do what I want. But slavery in the Christian life has nothing to do with the freedom of being able to do what I want. We don't have slaves in that regard in Canada. The lack of freedom that we have is not being able to choose the good. And what are simple examples to that? Think about times where you went, oh, I can't believe I said that. Or man, I can't believe I did that again. If you've ever said that to yourself, those are examples, moments, where you've been a slave to speaking that way, to reacting that way, to acting that way. Because you weren't free to choose what you actually wanted to do. You wanted to do the good, but in that moment, you didn't. I often tell kids when they come to confession, go, So you just confess to God all the wrong things you did in your life. But don't you realize that the fact that you can say what you did wrong means that you actually know what the right thing to do is? Yeah, Father, 
And isn't that funny that we know what the right thing to do is, but we still do the wrong thing? That's our slavery. We know the good that we should do, and yet we don't do it because we're not free to choose the good. We have that slavery to sin. And all of us are tempted to prefer the pain that comes with the sin, the consequence of sin, rather than the pain that it will take to convert and to grow into holiness. This is the reason why we have the understanding of purgatory in our Catholic faith. This is what purgatory is. God doesn't just end our freedom when we die. Our freedom continues through death. And so when we prefer the things of this life rather than preferring the good, God, we need to be purified of that before we can be with God. Purgatory is that time, that space, that state where we are purified of everything that we love that is not of God. It's that time, that place, that state where we are freed from our slavery, stripped away from needing to do this one thing or say this one thing or think this way to be in line with God. And if you want to think of different ways and different examples of how that slavery creeps into our life, just think of the classic seven deadly sins. Those are great categories for us to think about how we willingly let ourselves be enslaved. So for some of us, it might be food in gluttony. That even though I know I should eat well, I don't. I just eat what I want rather than what I should. Or maybe it's greed. That how much money is enough money? Because I can tell you in my short experience of life, I used to have a lot less money and I was okay. Now I have more money because I have a job and it seems like there's never enough. Why is there enough when there's less and not enough when there's more? It doesn't make sense. It's because we're attached, we're enslaved to that need that we think we have. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's the need to take pleasure for ourselves all the time. That what drives my life is one pleasure to the next. That I always have to look forward to what's going to bring me pleasure one thing at a time. And that if I don't experience pleasure on a regular basis, then I lash out. Maybe it's jealousy. That what I see others having, I feel that I need in my life to feel fulfilled, to feel joy. And that every time I see what I don't have, it makes me completely forget everything that I do have. Maybe it's anger or wrath, where I am just so insistent and always getting my own way that when I don't, I react poorly. And I'm enslaved to that, where I don't know how to really compromise. I don't really know how to deal with what's different than me, and I'm unwilling to learn. Maybe it's laziness. We call it sloth. Maybe I just go, can't really do good anyway, so I might as well just be at peace. Don't need to work hard because 
even if I work hard, you don't really get anything out of it. You just get more work, so why do more work? Let's just be lazy instead. Or the biggest one that is, I'd be hard-pressed to find anybody who doesn't struggle with pride. Pride to go that I'm good with me, myself, and I. That's all I need. We all have that temptation towards liking our slavery. But Jesus tells this parable today because he wants us to know we don't have to be slaves to sin. The freedom of the sons and daughters of God, the freedom of life in heaven, is freedom from that slavery. The talents, the symbol of the talents, is the gift of grace. It's the gift of Christ in our life that God freely gives to us. The Father entrusts us with his whole inheritance, his Son. He willingly hands him over to us, saying, this is what you need. So those who take the five and the two talents, they take the grace that God has given them and go, look at this gift. Look at what God can do with me and through me when I embrace this gift. The one who had the one, living out of fear, he went, look at the grace of God. If I don't use this well, look at what will happen to me. It's the difference between longing for heaven and fearing hell. As Christians, we don't fear hell when we long for God. This is our hope that we have been given the remedy to our slavery. Jesus has paid the price to free us from slavery. We don't have to be slaves to that. That when we say, well, to forgive is divine and to err is human, yeah, we err, but we're not slaves to error. We're not slaves to our sin. Oh, I made a mistake, I'm just human. Yeah. But no, we're not determined by that. My favorite quote from St. John Paul II, We are not the sum of our weaknesses and failures, but of the Father's love for us and of our capacity to be like Christ. That's our freedom. That's our hope. That's what we pray for the dead for this month, that they might allow themselves to be freed from their slavery that they clung to in this life and enjoy the freedom of eternity with God. That's why we pray for the dead. And then we also pray for ourselves so that we might begin that here and now, that we might live in the freedom of God.